Yeah. I know everybody's seen that video. Knock it off, Rob. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> wow, it's so cool that Scott Hahn was driving that cop car. Am I right? This is, <laughs> like, like things that happen. <laughs> um, I know everybody's seen that video, but that video, dude, it's the first time I've seen these climate activists get it, and I was so excited about the, it. Like, the the lady in the background who's like. I don't know. She almost seems like she's narrating in it almost like in a, like a sarcastic way. She's like, we're nonviolent. <laughs> <laughs> we're environmental protesters. You see these all the time, right? Like people, and then people like drag them out of the way and stuff. It's crazy, but um, all right, let's do some house cleaning. Everybody, please, you know, the drill hit like subscribe. We do have a few new Apple reviews. We're going to read. Yep. So let's bring those Apple reviews up uh, for anybody that doesn't know. We do. We have everybody go on Apple iTunes podcast reviews. You leave us a review. You can say anything you want about us as long as you leave us five stars. The tr the goal for you is to make us laugh. Say something funny, trash us, whatever you want, but try to say something to get us to laugh. Um, you got them, Rob? I do. Give me just a second. You read them. Okay, first one. Purgatory for your ears from Dominic G. King. Your ears will, will be bleeding at the end of the show. If only Anthony didn't talk so much or not at all. I'm not even sure they have any Irish heritage, so I'm not sure how they can claim to be Catholic. But hey, the beginning and ending music is terrific, so I gave it five stars. <laughs> That's actually good. The beginning and ending music. Okay, from uh, Tom Getz, uh, five stars here. Anthony's voice sticks in your head long after the episode. I want Anthony to be the voice in my head. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> to be the voice in my head and narrate my inner monologue when I talk to my wife. <laughs> or do anything where I have to watch what I say. Do you think we could Anthony could get Anthony as a Siri voice option? Maybe Siri would actually understand you then, Anthony. <laughs> For anyone who's ever been on the other end of a text message from Anthony, it's the worst thing in the world because Siri does not understand what he's saying and it At screws all. it up so bad. Ever. She she really does not understand me. That's terrible artificial intelligence. We could call it the Long Island Extra Special. <laughs> and then I think from, there's one more, right? From PW5446, surprisingly good. I normally hit the 30-second button six times to zoom past Rob's intro or listen, at least juice it up to two times to get through it without needing to go to confession. <laughs> I accidentally slowed the intro to half speed. I'm pretty sure I got a contact buzz from the noises emanating from my speakers. Everyone should listen it to that way once and be prepared to laugh. The guy with the boat that sounds like Harvey Fierstein and wants Fierstein. to be every 
fire scene and wants to be everyone's best friend is okay too. It wants to be everybody's best friend. That's so true. You just want to be everyone's best friend. Mike Lewis, people, uh, Trent Horn. I love that people are picking up on like the little nuances of the show like that. Speaking of Anthony's voice, so Sunday I go to mass and uh, after mass, there's a guy, a guy Mike that I've known for years, but I don't like tell people I have a podcast, but. His wife, he just recently got married, and his wife sends him a video of Father Isaac, and he's telling his wife, he's like, I, I know I know Anthony. Anthony goes to church. And she's like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. She's, she didn't believe him. He sees us after Mass, and he's talking to my wife and me, and he's telling us the story, and I'm talking, and his wife comes over, and she goes, you're the voice. You're, you're the, the voice. voice. <laughs> so, Poor pretty funny. woman. Uh, you um, you know what it is? It's like um, you're the mouth from uh, the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> I always love when uh when I make a um a typo, and you and you correct me. And I go, that's what I said, booby twat. <laughs> <laughs> so I am throwing this. So this show is on locals right now too. Trivia, which is going to be starting around eight p.m. Central in about an hour, will be only on locals. But if you're watching this on locals right now, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to look at the locals comments. So wait, we'll only have one hour on on locals then. Yes. Okay, so we we should we should boogie here then. So well, right, well, so we'll have whatever we don't use out of two hours here. Right. Okay. So we'll try to keep this under an hour because um, we'll just get to the point. <laughs> uh. Adrian's wife calls me the voice too. Um, all right, so this week was a little hectic because we had uh, we had a little a little bit of firestorms of Michael Lofton going after Ralph Martin, um, and Mike Lewis going after Scott Hahn. Now, I, I wanted to just preface this by saying when when the when the trads went after Scott Hahn, they lost me. Like I have such a deep affection for Scott Hahn. I see him as like an almost an older brother in the faith. I learned so much from that guy. And when the trads went after him, it like turned me off so much that I almost didn't want to be associated with the trad label. So I understand people who are more normie catching a little bit of when when they see Scott Hahn catching a little bit of heat from the other side, them being just as turned off as I was from the trad side. Um, the idea that Scott Hahn is aligning himself with uh, a sede vacantis bishop is just so preposterous, right? I mean, you, what do you, what, you guys have any initial thoughts on this before I get into my diatribe? Only thing I thought was just, it's interesting to me that there seems to be online a more vigorous set of Catholics who essentially want their future jobs to be like the Inquisition, but for like leftist authoritarian agendas. Um, <laughs> Cause that's, that's essentially all that's kind of going on is that it's like anybody and anybody who has even the slightest critique is at this point going to be um, automatically all the way, you know, it's a far right person, except a follower mustache man, essentially in the political terms, but just apply this to the churches. <clears throat> that's just seems to be where the tendency is going. The uh, the funny thing is Don always points this out. Whenever people on Twitter are like, we need to bring back the Inquisition, Don always says, who do you think the Inquisition will be going for? It's not going to be going for the heretics. It's going to be coming for us. I mean, we saw the Inquisition visit Bishop Strickland because he dared step out of line. Um, it's like 
but but this whole thing kind of gets to the point that I was making with Trent Horn when Trent was on, where it's like Scott Hahn made the slightest comment. All he said was, "I appreciate Bishop Strickland." Right? What did what did he actually say, Rob? Do we know? Do we have the actual comment? I think he just said something like along the lines of. Uh, I appreciate Bishop Strickland for this beautiful message. Something like something so harmless. It's like a sentence, like one sentence. It was a sentence. Um, so I'm grateful for the inspiring words of our. No, that's actually a different tweet. So that's from today. Let's let's not bring that one up yet. We're going to get into that one. So um, he originally said I'm uh, inspired by the words of Bishop Strickland or something along those lines. Now in this letter, Bishop Strickland wrote, we read it on air last week with Nick. He does not say anything about Pope Francis in it. He just reiterates the Catholic teaching. But when I had Trent on, um, Trent was making a, a, an issue of someone like Taylor Marshall uh, going, making, talking about the moon landing and saying that, you know, he has a big voice and a big platform and he needs to be careful about what he says. But, but I kind of tried to flip it on him a little and said, the guys at Catholic Answers, the guys at Franciscan, the guys at Steubenville, when those guys say something, they kind of set the tone for moderate Catholicism. They right? really know kind of what his, is acceptable, what's the mainstream. Yeah, his, right. ex his exact, uh, I have it pulled up here, his exact statement was, quote, I am grateful for Bishop Strickland's inspiring words, end quote. Now, that that inspired a hit piece. Now, I, I we'll get into Mike Lewis in a second, but... Um, yeah, it's like now Scott Hahn saying that for for the for the Francis fans, it is like uh, scary because this is not a trad, right? This is not a this is not someone that they can justify uh, traditionalis custodis with. So, like you know, they they said Taylor Marshall was rallying trads to the traditional Latin Mass, and we were using that as a rallying point instead of using the Pope as the point of unity. We were using the traditional Latin Mass as the point of unity. So, when someone like Scott Hahn just says this the lightest statement, it freaks them out because it's it's not a trad, right? So, but the point is that this sentiment is never was never really about trads. It was never about the liturgy. It really was always about faithful Catholics having a very difficult time with this pontificate. Um, leftists are always predictable. So <clears throat> the, like, this is just a, a, one of those things where it's just, everybody's having a hard time. Now, Scott Hans never, ever said a word about Pope Francis negative. He's any chance he has gotten to be able to say something positive. He has now that is a position that I think is admirable, right? As a Catholic, like you, you want to not, not disrespect the Holy Father. It's a, it's a tight line we all walk. We don't want to become uh, overly critical of the Holy Father and things like that. It's a it's a very tough spot for us as Catholics that we're in under this pontificate because we're all so uneasy about it. But when a guy like Scott Hahn says something, it reverberates through the entire Catholic community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's <clears throat> if if they're going crazy at, at Dr. Hahn over this. I think something might come out in about a month that they they could potentially go even crazier about something that something that Dr. Han is endorsing um that they're really not going to like. Yeah. <laughs> because so there's a a book coming out at, at at the end of September that endorses uh creationism that um 
that says that it's uh, the the suppression of the Latin Mass is more or less illegal. I mean that that hits so many of the trad talking points, but but is really just the Orthodox faith, right? And of course, Doctor Han has, among others, has endorsed this. And I think, uh, like I said, I think they're going to grab onto that even more so than what they're they've done so far. Yeah, they probably will, just because it's like when you think about it. This just goes to show you kind of how weak their narrative has gotten and how gun shy they are because we're a decade plus right into the current pontificate. And most, yeah, most people who are criticizing the Holy father, notice how they're criticizing him, not from a place where like a a true die in the wool leftist would be typically or historically criticizing the papacy. Like the papacy would generally be criticized from leftists um, in the context of like, for instance, feminists saying like oh this just upholds the patriarchy it's just putting people down so it's like a deep-seated hatred against the papacy in and of itself traditionalists love the papacy they absolutely love the office of the papacy they love what's going uh what our lord did with it and instituting it in his wisdom but they don't like what's going on so whenever you see for lack of better word just mainstream catholics starting to come out and really have some uneasiness. And this is not the first time, this is the first time really Scott Hahn has done anything, but it's not even that big. Again, it's just, a, it's it's one sentence essentially on social media. Um, a you, sentence praising a letter that reiterated <laughs> Catholic teaching. He did not say anything about Pope Francis in this letter. It was just uh-huh. a letter praising, but but the guilt by association that goes on with that. I'm sorry, Nick, I didn't mean to cut you off. God. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say like, you see that because people in that narrative framework uh, more toward the left are just so gun shy now of any criticism that it's, you know, they eat themselves. This is how every revolution works is that the revolution eventually eats itself. When you look at, especially the French revolution, 1789, what do you see eventually happen? Everyone's gun ho. Yeah. Let's, let's get this revolution going. Let's get rid of the old, bring in the new, but then eventually it goes so far that they end up guillotining many of their own leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and that's just how every revolution works, whether it's 1789, 1918 with the Soviets, 1965 in the church, fill in the blank. So um, they uh, they OK, they'll have you believe. OK, so even Francis's uh, recent comments about the American church. Right. Th- they'll have you believe it's a very small contingency that is resisting francis and they'll even say that they'll they'll mock the traditional latin mass movement and say it's less than two percent of the entire church blah 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 blah. but when you really understand how small the movement that supports francis is rob pull up the and and i don't want anyone to think i'm so i have a very cordial relationship with mike lewis and this is not a knock at mike lewis that i'm about to do but i want to just show you nine hours after he uh put up a video discussing the exact same topic we're discussing 109 views nine hours later we have 113 live viewers okay you have to understand there is no market for this content there is no market like people are not we are such a small channel right and when you when you think about a guy like even Michael Lofton was 55,000 subscribers. When he's just talking like generic uh, positive things about Pope Francis, nobody tunes in. When he talks about Taylor Marshall, when he talks about Ralph Martin, I mean, you go after, I mean, come on. It was so ridiculous. I actually sat through that video and 
he it's like Ralph Martin just went on air and spoke from the heart about his uneasiness about things that are going on. And like, I mean, when you start to get a guy like Ralph Martin and you start to get a guy like Scott Hahn that are finally starting to speak up a tiny bit, I think it's just their way of trying to say, Hey, maybe we can slow this synodal process down a little bit. Nobody, nobody said anything about the Pope. It was just, you you okay with Ralph Martin? He I guess he did. He kind of said, "Look, it's kind of obvious what Francis is doing. He's you know personnel is policy, and yeah, it's like for 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 Lofton to go on and pretend like we're just framing what Francis is doing as <clears throat> out of context. Like no, he's he's promoting men that are notorious." supporters of horrific things like these are men who are publicly in support of overturning church teaching what 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 perception are we supposed to have of him unless we pretend that's not what he's doing and we have to twist things around to make them fit in this box when that is clearly not what's happening he's clearly trying to do something revolutionary in the church yeah at least get the get get it going in some form or fashion. That's why I think that what's going to end up happening is that, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes tune into these various shows that do these like criticisms of traditionalism, or they'll try to explain away what's going on. And what I find is that in general, they're, they'll sit there, they'll take an hour with one sentence that the Holy Father makes, and they'll read in a ton of maybe their personal theological <laughs> training. They'll read a ton of that in too what's going on. But the problem is, is that they're in a certain sense falling into, you know, eisegesis, right. Being kind of just like, you know, um, looking at one phrase, taking a ton of background stuff, throwing it in there instead of eisegesis or exegesis, excuse me, which is like, okay, let us read the whole of what's going on and let us observe what's going on. And that's why I think you brought it up perfectly, Anthony, when you were talking to um, Trent Horn is that it's like, okay, you can say, Things that in the abstract scholastic boardroom, sure, you can get to stick. But that's just not what's going on on the boots of yeah. the ground. And, yeah, and, you have to pretend. Yeah. You have to you have to pretend. You have to actually ignore so much to uh, to to sit there and say, uh, like even with okay, so I'll give you a specific example. Um, Ralph Martin uh said that the I think it was the uh, which bishop was it the Brazilian bishops who uh, Anthony, if you host dialogue between Martin and Lofton, I'll super chat a hundred dollars. Do it. Love you guys. I would talk to either one of them. Like I, I honestly, guys, if you don't realize what we're doing on this channel, like I'm trying to have conversations with people that don't normally sit and talk. Like I, I don't want us any, I don't want anybody breaking off into these little uh, tribes. I, I think that's horrible. Like that's the worst thing that's going on in the Catholic church right now is people breaking up in the tribes. I would sit down and have a conversation with anybody. Um, but I think also, the tribes I have, have goodwill if I'm going to sit with them. Like, I, I think the, the breaking off into tribes, I mean, really that's, you know, the breaking off of the, the different theological schools. That's always been a thing. As long as we're willing to talk to one another, yeah. as long as yeah. we're willing to, to 
extend goodwill to one another. That's what we need to be doing. It's the, yeah. it's the, it's the quasi heresy hunting, which is just getting ridiculous because I, it's like this, I can absolutely 110% take the criticisms of someone. If the criticism comes from a place of goodwill. And if the criticism is not based off of like, again, and I'm not trying to impugn anything, but like, if the criticism is coming mainly from the place of, I know this criticism will boost up the algorithmic search engine and get me more money. You know, that is something that's concerning. I think that like, I remember Tim Flanders one time saying something to the effect of like, let us outdo one another in, in humility. And I think yeah. that that's a good thing. So I think we can like <clears throat> criticize each other well, but then it's like at the end of the day, if we can all just shake hand and admit that we're brothers and we all do desire to be on the same team, that's a good thing. But what's going on right now in a lot of ways reminds me of whenever I was an evangelical and you go onto like the evangelical side of YouTube and there are plenty of heresy hunting shows out there who list pretty much everybody under the sun except for them as a heretic. <laughs> and this is just what it reminds me of is it's like we're, we're, there's these purists who are looking around and saying, oh, Scott Hahn, he, he's he's fomenting probably some schism now because look, <laughs> he has one sentence on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. I'm sold. So, so, so even Mike Lewis, I mean, he had to look, you don't write an article going after Scott Hahn, who is probably the most beloved figure in lay, lay Catholicism. I mean, I mean more, I, the, more people have listened to his, his original conversion story talk than will ever run across where Peter is over the next hundred years that have ever listened to Taylor Marshall. I mean, come on, you're yeah, Well, yeah, like, it, it works both ways. Like, you're, you're right. Forget where Peter is. Like, he is more conversion, more Protestant conversions, more reversions can be attributed to the work that Scott Hahn has done than to any other figure in the American church ever. I mean, you know, you could talk like lay, lay people. I'm not talking about, you know, like, you know, this isn't, we're not talking about Lefebvre and everyone. Like, I'm talking lay people, right? So you can't think you're going to write an article like that you know your intention is to light a fire. You know, like it is a troll article. It is not, it's not like, it's almost like if you're going to light the fire, own it, like double down even. Don't, don't back off and go, why is everybody so upset? Like, <laughs> are you crazy, Mike? Come on, dude. You went after the most beloved lay person in the entire church who's loved by both sides. The guy's not, he's not like, a controversial uh, his- guy. Our listener Adrian said, he's like, you went after you went after the Mr. Rogers of, Ca- yeah, of Catholicism. Dude, come on. You went after him, and then you're like, I don't understand why I'm getting so much backlash. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Come oh. on. Now I will in Mike's defense, like Mike would say, uh, like Han has uh promoted books that may be critical of the synodal way things like that but i he's never said anything about the pope but, but like is that not in his right to do so like that's the course, first that, that's the point of synodality isn't it yeah that, that, <laughs> this is what i'm getting this is what's so funny to me is it's just like oh yes let's listen let's accompany but you must adhere to every single little jot and tittle what? or else boom you're done we're all that's, about encounter so, except that- certain kinds <laughs> Yeah, no, right. Like, it's so crazy. It's like, we want a listening church where and, and Cardinal Supers just put out a tweet today or yesterday. He's like, the synodal process is about listening to the whole people of God. Now, in his mind, the people of God are exactly what it said in my kid's catechism lesson 
where my kids' religion class, what I taught from home in the diocesan religion book, tried to say, who are the people of God? Muslims, Jews, and Christians. What is the church? The people of God. And they tried to, uh, it wasn't like directly saying they're in the church, but you, they were doing you it by showed me it was certainly implied. It was implied by implication, right? And, and that's not even something that's in a small catechism because I can pull it up for you guys if you're really interested, but you'll even see in Ratzinger's commentary on the Second Vatican Council when they define that term, they use specifically that term, the people of God, because they felt like the mystical body of Christ, that that phrase, it's really cool. Oh, it's very exclusionary. It's too limiting. And the problem is it's, it's like – um. You know, I can pick up any theology manual from the 1950s and it'll be very clear. No, that's not what the church means. (laughs) So when I when I told everybody that my kids had that in their religion book, like normie Catholics, normie Pope Francis supporting Catholics, like castigated me. And they were like, like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm like, I have pictures of it. I'm going to find them because I like people think I'm lying about. I'm like, this isn't me like picking on something. Like my kids went to a regular diocesan religion class that the parish let me teach them from home. And this was something I saw in the book. I posted pictures in the group chat with Rob, Jason and Mark. I was losing my mind when I saw it. I went crazy. Um, But it's like, so you, so yeah, we're, everybody wants to be heard. The people of God need to be heard unless you believe the Catholic faith. Hold on, I think I hear oh, one of the gosh. people of God who wants to be heard right now. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I come to talk with you again. Freaking Steve, he's out of his mind. I think I got a new one too. We didn't load it into the computer, but he sent me a new one serenading us. But yeah, it's just nuts. It's like, okay, so this is a listening church. This is the listening sessions. We want to hear what you people have to say. Okay, we're very uncomfortable with some of the things being discussed. And they said, shut up. Don't say a word. We're coming after you. We're writing a hit piece on you. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely, it's, this is just again how every revolution works. And someone, someone in the comments, they, they, they said it was, I think it was like, what was it, Mister Proximus? What was it? Something like they hate manuals. Yeah, M Proximus. Yeah, no, hundred percent. They like <clears throat> you see a lot of these people. Can you really say that doctrinal integrity is at the top of the list of priorities right now? Not at all. They don't believe in doctrinal integrity, except for you know the new doctrine. Well, more, yeah. okay. So the, go back to the Ralph Martin thing, right? Ralph Martin. Said what was which bishops um, wrote their understanding of Amoris? Do you remember? Oh, are you talking about? Uh, so it was the Argentinian bishops, Argentinians, right. and they're the ones who came out with what everyone was assuming it was saying: divorce and remarried. You yeah. Can give so, them. so you had all these Catholic apologists trying to wiggle around and going, "Well, that's not really what he's saying. It's not really what he's saying." The Argentinian bishops come out and they're like, "No, no, no this is what he's saying." Pope Francis goes, "This is exactly what I'm saying." And the Catholic apologists went, "Well, wait." <laughs> Slow down. That's not what he's saying. So Ralph Martin is like, look, he says right in there, if you are at peace in your heart and and know that your first marriage was not valid, you can go and receive. And it's like, well, no, if like the annulment process hasn't happened, then you can't know in your heart that this happened. So Mike Michael often goes and he's like, that's not what it says. If you read it carefully, and he goes, if you, you know, if you are, if you know in your heart, you cannot be denied reconciliation and the Eucharist. And it's like, because you're living in sin. Like, what do you, that, that's problematic. Like if you're living in a sinful situation, you can't, and you don't have a firm purpose of amendment to remain chaste. How can have. you receive absolution? It's just right. as problematic as if 
they said, go ahead and receive communion. It's, it's almost more probable. Like you're receiving absolution without a firm purpose of amendment. Yeah, and that's, no is, that's no good. Because I mean, how can, how, can you be, how can you have contrition if you're not willing to have a firm purpose? Of the, I mean, that is a that's a sacrilege, just like receiving unworthily. No, it is, and it would just be, and it would be an invalid confession because it's like if you're not contrite, like contrition should flow from contrition. A lot of people think contrition is like someone crying their eyes out. If tears come, that's fine, but contrition is it's a choice in the will. It's a virtue in the will, and so what it is is it's you recognize with your intellect. I have done wrong. And then your will is turned away from your sin and you you're repulsed by it, right? You're, you, you're disgusted by it. And then you turn toward Christ as the savior and helper of men. And then you receive forgiveness. But it's like, if you're going to turn toward Christ, then how can you also at the same time, like our Lord talks about, like if there's a guy who's in the plot, like he's plowing away, how can he turn back around and go the opposite direction? He can't, you can only serve one. The irony of that whole thing though, is like, I've never seen anybody denied communion for the, like, it's like the people who like, there was nobody clamoring for that, that footnote in Amores, you know? And it's like, and even the other footnote where it says, um, you know, uh, eternal punishment is, is contrary to the gospel. I, I don't think that's the proper wording. Like I've heard, I've heard Michael Lofton say, no, 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 he's talking about in the church, which I actually appreciated that he did that. Cause it's like, all right, I don't want to take things out of context and stuff like that, but it's like the, the, the amount of the, the amount of like mental gymnastics you really have to do to pretend that this synod is not being set up to, be a revolution it's like you have to ignore every single personnel change that's gone on when when you're picking men who have vocally spoken out in favor of the rainbow movement and who are openly saying they want to overturn the wording in the catechism like i'm sorry that's not <laughs> you're you, i'd have to actually deny reality to sit there and say that these things aren't going on uh, yeah. The only time I see communion get denied is when you kneel. A hundred percent, me. <laughs> Several times. What was that comment, Rob? It was uh, some person was talking about. Uh, it was something that Kennedy put out. Yeah, Tyler P. Right with with the DJ. Producer. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kennedy was proved a hundred percent correct with that. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, okay guys- so they were they were. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm gonna let you go in a sec. They were trying to tell us hey look dj priest is really a track as they showed him in a beretta and, a, and like a traditional cassock but go ahead nick you could no no i was just gonna say if you guys had seen it like so kennedy put out a, i think this afternoon a video on the subject of the dj priest but the dj priest what i guess he's portuguese he went on a portuguese radio station right and you can watch the video of this and you can read the transcript in portuguese and in english whatever language you want and he comes out and he says he's basically Except Latin. Like, that's verboten. Yeah, 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 no, that's haram. Um, so you, you, uh, <laughs> he said he was asked the question. So can sodom, like, can sodomy be okay if there's not any, like, you know, in their in their conscience, they've through their conscience have reasoned that you know we're in a loving relationship and this isn't bad. He also applies this to the sin of self abuse, right? Pollution. And the priest just comes out and basically says, you know, like if their conscience isn't bothering them and if they don't feel like they're wounding their human dignity, then, you know, who am I to judge essentially? How is that different? How is that different from what 
LifeSite just put out about when Francis was directly asked by a Jesuit, he said, you know, what do you say about this? The same question about, you know, people living in these same same sex relationships and Francis does. Okay. So what Francis does is he never comes right out and says, no, I'm condoning this. What he says is uh, we can't put too much of a responsibility on people who aren't ready for it yet. And everyone is welcome. And it's like, Okay, you could probably wiggle around that statement. You probably could wiggle around that statement. But I just want to—I just want to tell Miss to like sit down with him and say, "Please, please explain to me how." And I'm not saying this is what Pope Francis is, but I'm just applying it back to the DJ priest. Please explain to me how the conscience, the rightly formed conscience, which is the arbiter of truth, not the source of truth, but the arbiter of truth, and is going to have to be conformed to the natural law, is somehow supposed to wiggle out and say, "Well, you know." If my conscience doesn't get to it, when leftists say conscience, what they mean is their feelings. What they mean is their passion. They're just like, well, how do you feel about this Mm -hmm. deep down? Well, you know, deep down in my core, I just feel that, you know, I do love this person. It is okay. That doesn't matter. That could just be your fallen passions. That could be the burrito you ate at lunch. You have to go back and say, what does divine revelation and the natural law say? This stuff is immoral and it doesn't make any sense. What about all of the people who like i saw somebody said yesterday like all of the young catholics i'm talking to are starting to question papal infallibility they're all starting to look to the orthodox they're all starting to look in other places because how many protestant converts that, came into the church that for kale? The, no kale, kale highlighted it it okay. was somebody else that said it but like how how would i mean dude i so much of my conversion had to do with seeing the Catholic Church stand their ground on uh, birth control. Like seeing that every other denomination caved, even the Orthodox, when it came to that. Like, but not the Catholic Church. Like seeing that was like you saw God's hand preventing the church from going off, going off on this teaching on faith and morals that, and the consequences of artificial birth control have been catastrophic to society. So now when you, when you have a hierarchy who's sitting there and downplaying these things, it's, it's really earth shattering for a lot of people. And I understand, I mean, to me, I, I empathize with people, the struggle that they're going through. And it's like, I, I, I try to, I try not to be too harsh in my criticism. I also try to be compassionate to people who are struggling with this because I'm confused about it. I don't know what's going on, right? It's like all of yeah. us are like, what the heck, man? Like we're all struggling with this. I, I've gotten to a lot more peace about it just because I realized like, so on the one hand, Protestantism and orthodoxy, every every person I've ever talked to is considered converting to orthodoxy. It's always for the worst reasons. They're always, mm-hmm. basically it goes back to just, they want some like, you know, essentially like ascetical discipline and like doctrinal soundness and liturgical beauty. But then it's like, okay, you look uh, um, amongst all of them who all disagree with each other, you're going to have groups that allow divorce and remarriage multiple times. You can have groups that allow contraception. You can even have it sometimes down to like, well, depends on your priest. If you have the priest here, he might be against it. A priest here may be against it. You're starting I mean, to see the, all the Orthodox girls. Church in America started to bless gay, you know, gay yeah, relationships. You see that. You see altar girls in the Greek Orthodox Church. You see all these types of things. So, like, pretty much any of the reasons that someone would want to leave the Catholic Church isn't a You're good You're going to see it. Yeah. And it's like Protestantism. Yeah. Just read the fathers and they'll demolish it before it even exists. I came to a lot of peace, though, just recognizing that, and and again, preface, I'm not a a sede when I say this, but that, like, there are effectively 
two churches going on right now. And the Pope is the head of both. The Pope is the head, whether he knows it or not, of what Archbishop Lefebvre just called the conciliar church, which you can just define, if you want a definition of what is the conciliar church, you can define the conciliar church as essentially a group of liberals <clears throat> who are influenced uh, willingly or unwillingly by the Freemasonic mentalities and philosophies that are actively trying to change church teaching on faith, morals, liturgy, etc. And then he's also, of course, head of the Catholic Church, right? The mystical body of Christ that was established by Christ in 33 AD, which will continue right forever into heaven. But the problem is, is right now, because of how influenced these popes are by the spirit of the age and by the post-conciliar movement, that they're unfortunately effectively leading just one. Even though so so what I don't like is when people try to make it like this is a liturgical thing. This is yeah. not a liturgical thing. Like this is not like so. If you really the the, I loved. If you guys have never watched our interview with Joshua Charles, especially we put a clip up of him describing the mystery of iniquity, and the mystery of iniquity really gets into this, where it's like you will have people who want to can want to continue having the name Catholic remain in the body of the church, who are essentially apostates, who don't believe the Catholic faith. And you have that. I mean, you could just look at Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden doesn't actually believe the Catholic faith, but he goes to the mass. Yeah, all I, of them. Like, uh, what's it called in your city? Uh, AOC. She's a yeah. Catholic. I'm like, are yeah. you kidding? Me? <laughs> yeah, they all go get their ashes on Ash Wednesday and stuff, right? So it's like, so you do have this thing going on where it's we're all in the same church. We're all in, you know, we're. But the mystical body of Christ is about faithful. This this whole thing was never about liturgy. The the what what happened was <clears throat> they tried to say that Taylor Marshall was using the traditional Latin Mass as a rallying point, and that's why Traditionis Custodes had to come out because we were using the Latin Mass as a rallying point instead of having the Pope as the point of unity. Right? We we're trying to use the liturgy as a point of unity, but really people weren't using it as a point of unity. People were looking for a lifeboat to hear orthodoxy. People just wanted to hear Orthodox teaching and they knew if they went to a traditional mass, you're going to get a priest who leans in a traditional manner. And, and and I'll tell you, man, most of like the homilies you hear at a traditional mass, they're not like, like they're, they're just, they're just not crazy. Like, <laughs> they're just on the faith. Like this last Sunday, my homilies on the three theological virtues. Cause it's in the traditional college. And, but it's like, to your point, notice how every single Catholic of goodwill who's trying to practice all has insane horror stories, whether it goes back to yeah. homily, mass, catechesis, discipline. The fact that everyone is having these horror stories, and it's not just like some random bumpkin who had a crazy story, but everyone's having these stories, should go to tell you that we're going through something insane. Absolutely off the wall. I just have to point something out. We're at 183 live viewers, which I think is a record, but I know 200 would be a record. Yeah, I, I, I think friend. we might have wrote 200 once with father isaac but i'm not father sure. isaac okay yeah i wasn't paying attention go, to that open extra tabs on your phone and uh <laughs> <laughs> well i think that we really should um wrap this one up actually, and actually anthony because i set it up as two separate local streams they each get two hours oh okay good perfect okay so we don't have to rush off of here so no we right. don't have to rush okay so um do you want to get to the other note? lewis tweet yeah, let's bring the Mike Lewis tweet up, and then and then I'll explain to everybody what we're doing after this. All right, so, all right, so somebody posted that Scott Hahn wrote this about a month 
Oh, this just came on naturally when I brought up the Lewis tweet. <laughs> what is this? The Russian anthem? <laughs> the Soviet anthem? Um, Sorry, all right, so, so Scott Hahn a month ago wrote, I am grateful for the inspiring words of our beloved Pope Francis in his recent message. And it was Pope Francis makes urgent call to recover Eucharistic adoration in the church. Now, Scott Hahn describes Francis as our beloved Pope Francis. This is a month ago. So somehow within the last month, Scott Hahn has developed this schismatic attitude that Mike Lewis felt the, the uh, uh, you know, the urge to go and write this article. So he wrote, uh, what is this supposed to demonstrate? Asking seriously that Scott Hunt isn't Senevicantis, that Pope Francis said something nearly a month ago that is up to his standards. It's been a decade. It's been a decade of Pope Francis. And a month ago, Scott Hahn said something very beautiful about him, calling him beloved Pope Francis. So unless you can demonstrate Anything other than the Strickland statement in the last month, I would say the onus is on you to prove it. Now, go up a little because he, he he continues on in that. Uh, it's a thread. So I love the Pope and I pray for him every day is the boilerplate comeback of 90% of critics who accuse the Pope of and dissent from Pope Francis's teachings. If you can't find something more recent and less generic like about Pope Francis, that's telling. Okay, so. He he is kind of right, right? Like, like we all like people that have a hard time. Friends go, I pray for the Pope every day. Well, well notice, notice what yeah, he's. But there's said. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, there's nothing. No. There's nothing wrong. What he's doing is that's that's first off just like a very cheap street shot. That's not very academically yeah. sound. But number two, notice the insinuation in the original statement where he says up to his standards. So he's almost yeah. implying that Scott Hahn has this personal set of standards that he's going to apply. And he's like, oh, it's not Pope Francis's standards. It's your standards. That problem is this constant narrative that we hear, which is that traditionalists are Protestants or have a Protestant mentality. Let me tell you this, that that are, sure, maybe that applies to random <laughs> yeah. Did you know you're a Soviet honeypot? <laughs> you know, I, I, I did tell Anthony before on that I, I find Russian women the most attractive, so maybe that's where it comes from or something so, like so that. So we were having a debate in the green room. Um, <laughs> we were talking about marriage, and my advice to Nick was, Nick, marry a woman who doesn't speak English. Well, actually, his first thing, his first words to me was, that, hello, Nick, how are you doing, was, Nicholas. You should be celibate. Be celibate. And I was thinking he was going to give me like a priesthood talk, a religious talk, but he's just like, no, marriage. These these women. Listen, all, all, look. All I'm going to say is, women. Hold, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on. Hold Think on. before you speak. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me. They like to complain. It's something like. They get like a feeling of euphoria as they complain about things. It's a strange thing. I don't know. Like I come home. Hundred percent, Lou. Hundred percent. Don't take it much. Look, I would never not encourage marriage. I think marriage is a beautiful thing. I'm just talking about the the uh, the fairer sex here. They have this thing where I think they get like a euphoric feeling when they complain about things, even when things are made. Like I am. I like to come home and appreciate the great life the Lord has given me. And I come home and it's. Rob's I'm removing my face from this. <laughs> I don't want my face associated with this. I just don't understand why you women like to complain no matter how good things are. It's just a strange thing to me. 
Uh, I have three separate tickers for you giving women in marriage advice. <laughs> we don't like to complain. I'm only teasing you ladies. I'm just kidding. My wife was just in a mood today and I air yeah. my if your wife doesn't crash point. the car, <laughs> she might not be a she. <laughs> That's a hundred percent right. My wife, my wife never watches anything we do, but I know she's going to catch like this little segment. <laughs> Enoch with his dad jokes. What are you when you got to go potty? You're a Russian. What are you when you got to go potty? <laughs> what are you when you're done? But you're a Finnish. All right, bravo, Enoch. He loves his dad That's joke. Terrible. <laughs> Wait, well, why do you trans like to complain? We have such a wonderful Pope. Popey Pope. <laughs> hold right, hold on, it. hold on. The resident uh, Protestant to Jewish convert <laughs> needs us to go meeting. back. You can go back everything. everything we just said. All right, so this whole stream is basically about how Scott Hahn drove a police car and crashed it in some environmentalists. <laughs> and then Anthony said... He's a good driver as opposed to women. Yes, basically the whole stream. And then Russians. So Aaron is Protestant. And he do, he still watches our show. I talked to him, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or before, I told him one of the local shows one night when he's there, I'm bringing him on the stream. I want to talk to him. I want to, I want to get to the bottom of it. And hopefully we don't have to proselytize him. Hopefully we can evangelize him. But I because yeah, we're not allowed to proselytize. I know we're not allowed to proselytize, but I am not against waterboarding Aaron to get him into the church. Is all I'm saying. Um, all right, guys, it's not going to be much of a great conclusion to this episode. We just wanted to come on and defend the the wonderful Scott Hahn. We we we, we, we which we're doing by the way because point. Anthony is trying to get him on. That's why. Oh oh yeah. Full disclosure: I had an email exchange with Doctor Scott Hahn recently. And he said he's a little busy because the semester just started, but I think we have a very good chance of getting him on. But uh, so Rob and I were tossing around titles for this episode, and I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go. Strickland, Ralph Martin, Scott Hahn, the triumvirate of Tradistan. Rob goes, if we could get a fourth in, we can call it a tetrarchy. We can call it a tetrarchy. I'm like, I throw Birkin. Let's go. We're 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 more nerdy than we put on. Yeah, we are. Um, All right, so listen, here's the deal. We're going to go from here to our locals where we are going to play Catholic trivia. We started this channel playing Catholic trivia. If It is going to be free for everyone. So if you're yeah. not... You, you don't do have to, to go to locals, but it's free. Yeah. You, you just have to click the link to go on our locals. Come over. Now, you won't be able to play trivia if you're not a paid supporter. So what we do is we play trivia. The audience plays as well. So the audience, the first three people to get the answer right, they get a point. At the end of the show, we find out who had the most points, and the winner gets a prize. This week's prize is going to be, we're going to do two things. We have a book. We have a good book, and we have this DVD, Science Test Faith. The book is is, um, Slaying Dragons by Charles Franny. Charles Franny, Slaying Dragons, and this Science Test Faith DVD is phenomenal. It's on Eucharistic Miracles. It's out of this world. So... If you guys have never checked out one of our trivia episodes, you have no idea how fun and interesting they are. We're also going to bring three of our local supporters on the stream with us to play with us. So, guys, please, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share this show 
with people. We are trying to grow this channel. Rob and I have a lot of things we would love to do, but we just need a little bit bigger reach. I'm trying to get Michael Knowles on here. You know, this, much- this, this statement is the absolute truest thing about this trivia game. Yeah, you, you can play, but it's not actually going to matter, guys. It's kind How of like you guys it's kind of like blow the punchline at the beginning like, of the show. It's kind of like North Korean elections. It's just like <laughs> or American elections. Yeah, or American. I'm so grateful I'm Roman Catholic, and for 73 years I have tried to learn about my faith, and I keep learning. Stick around; we do teach a little bit about the faith, and especially in trivia, you will learn some things about your faith when we do trivia, guys. Um, yes, yeah, so it is going to take us goal. 10 or 15 minutes to get everything set up and everyone connected. So it's not going to be right away, but head over and you can it'll be, hang it'll be like chat. in like three, four minutes. We'll get on there and then we'll just, you know, we'll just shoot the breeze with everybody that actually makes it over actually, there. And we'll, we'll hang with you guys. And we're going to pick a couple of contestants to come on the stream with us. I know Margo wants to come on with us. We're going to bring Margo and then two other people, but yeah, we're trying to get Michael Knowles. We're trying to get, I want to get Jonathan Peugeot. I want to get, who else did I say? I really wanted to get Rob. Um, Jonathan Peugeot. Uh, What's his face? Um, Scott Hahn. Oh, I think I mean, I've heard, heard of him before. <laughs> Thursday night, we have Jesse Romero. Yes. Thursday night, Jesse Romero is going to come say, on. Here's the real question. Out. When are you getting Bishop Filet on? Let's get some real guests on here. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Williamson. Williamson. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. He probably, he probably would do one, but he'd be so spicy that you guys near the end. We don't do only. Locals only. <laughs> and a lot of people want me to get any Michael Jones on. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So, Can we get them both on at once? They've been on together before. They, oh, it's really? like they, they butt heads about everything, but one topic. One topic that totally <laughs> agree with. <laughs> they certainly have one thing in common, those guys. Um, Ripperger will happen one day. We have no idea. Yeah, so he, here's the, here's the plan. Here's he's the plan also. We have, we have uh, Bishop Schneider coming on. And after the Schneider interview, I'm going to send that to Strickland and try and get Strickland on. Yep. And then after that, send them both to Williamson and see if Williamson <laughs> will get on. <laughs> Actually, send um, to all four and see if all four will get on, but just don't tell the others and see if it'd be one big reason. Father Paul Robinson would be cool. He's the one that wrote, um, he's SFBX. He wrote a yeah. book on, on science, well, on realism. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really good. And, and we're going to get, um, okay, so we have Father, um, uh, who do we have? Uh, Maudsley, Maudsley, Father Maudsley's booked. Uh, we're also going to get Father Charles Murr after I finish reading the book. Oh, that's right. Yes. I'm about halfway through it. Did you, you're halfway through it already? Halfway through. Also, guys, Listening. I never knew this. Um, I have always been, wanted there to be an audio book of Michael D. O'Brien's Father Elijah. And you can't buy it, but if you go on the form app in audiobooks, they do they have an audiobook version of Father Elijah. Really? And that's an amazing book. So if you guys ever read that book and you don't like to read and you like to listen to audiobooks, check that out. We do need um, to get Kwasniewski on. I was just going to actually ask you about that because I have to, uh, I got to finish the Father Father Murr book and then I'm going to read the Roman Wright book and then we'll book Kwasniewski too. Okay. Um, all right, guys, join us over on Locals. We're going to play the most fun Catholic trivia game you've ever played. We basically make fun of each other for an hour. And, and I'm surprised we did not get into a rant about confession lines. That's I'm going to do a solo rant on that. Well, not a solo, but me and you will just come on and I'll go on a 
go on, I'll lay a few haymakers at all you people who like to spend 20 minutes in confession when there's only 45 minutes on a Saturday. <laughs> One could argue that that is a venial sin. I would argue it might be mortal. <laughs> I'd like to see that argument, actually. Depriving every other soul in line of getting absolution okay. is pretty serious. I don't know. And I guess you don't, you don't maybe they don't have full consent. But, but probably, you know. yeah, it'd be a, it, you could argue it would be a fairly potential. It, trust me, if they're spending 45 minutes in confession, they don't have the full knowledge necessary to know what mortal sin is. <laughs> so, Luis is they have the full knowledge of where they are at currently. Yeah. Luis, the app is formed, F O R M E D. And you usually could get a free, so like formed, you have to, I think they, they they charge you for it, but I think if you go to your parish, they'll give you a free code. Like I don't pay for it. I got a free free login from my parish, so I don't have to pay for formed. I think this weekend I'm going to spend a day photoshopping Alex Crow's hair on Father Ripperger. <laughs> now that is immortal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna head over to the other the other platform. I hope you guys all come. Uh, it's free, so check it out. If you like it enough, maybe you'll want to play with us. It's five bucks. You come play with us. So, all right, take us out, Rob. I don't know. I don't know why I can't get it up your love, babe. <laughs>